0: Welcome to another episode of Experiencing the Truth.
1: That was done very well,
0: how you, how you did at that time. I've been you listening can... to more talk shows and radio hosts. So, learning how to do it well. Mm-hmm. I That's have, good. If I had a deeper voice, I would sound even like... <laughs> Experiencing the truth experience. I kind of want to sound like the, um, you know, like the Bible app that you have uh, on your phone. Uh, <laughs> the guy who's British and he, he talks like, like this. Like, I think that would be a draw more of a crowd. You know? It would.
1: So. Yeah, I, I can't do that kind of stuff. Every accent I have sounds like every other accent. I do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All the same ones. Well, today we are talking about <laughs> communion. Uh, What is it? Where does it come from? Kind of like everything else we have discussed. Um, What's the history behind it? Uh, Does it apply to us now? Are we supposed to still be doing this? What does Jesus say about it? I remember when I took communion before, because I grew up in the church, um, I was excited to do it. Not because I was really religious, but I, uh, I was excited to have the grape juice cause I loved grape juice, but that was as far as, uh, as it kind of went like, you don't really comprehend death and eating someone's body when you're eight years old. So it didn't, it didn't come across like that. I just remember I was, I was excited about bring, uh, drinking the, the grape juice, but obviously that is not the goal that we want. You to get from this, but we want to give you an understanding. Before you go on too far,
1: uh, I got to tell a story, a communion story. When uh, Heather and I just got married, we were back in Wisconsin, and we'd went to a Wisconsin Synod Lutheran Church, and I'd never been in a church in a Lutheran church before, so Mm. I didn't know how the how the process worked. and And we were sitting in the back of the church, and everybody in our row got up, so we got up, and they all started walking out into the middle aisle and then they went down to the front and I had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> and we get to the front and they give us communion and I'm sure we weren't supposed to get communion but they gave us communion and we took, I, Heather's like, what are we doing? And, and my, my parents who were on the other side of the church looked at us and, and, and kind of lip to us, what are you doing? And we're like, have no idea. And uh, so, so they give us the wafer and the the wine and and I take the wafer and wine and Heather I see I look over and see Heather takes the wine and we get up and she is in front of me you walk to the outside of the sanctuary and she's walking to the outside of this outside of the auditorium and then she takes a right where the organ is and the organs on our left hand side and uh, I see Heather toss the wafer at the organist and the organist goes <laughs> like she threw the the she had no idea what to do with it. So for some reason in her mind she thought throwing it at the organist was a good what? solution to taking the wafer. I'm like what were <laughs> you, you th- thinking? Did she
0: literally throw it? She, or
1: she-, she was down here and she just kind of tossed it over and the organist went like, <laughs> uh, like, like I can't believe you just did that. You know oh uh, man, we got out of there as fast as we could but I think they realized we weren't Lutheran at the time, yeah. so I'm
0: just trying to play the part. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to talk about communion today. Yeah. What is it? Why? Why don't you throw the wafer? And, and what the? Why are we uh, drinking wine and and eating bread on a Sunday? All right. So first off, where does communion come from? Where do we get this? Is this just a Christian tradition that's just kind of evolved? And or, or did where did what did Jesus say about it? Where does it even stem from well, in the Bible? I, you know, communion
1: really stems from Passover dinner. Uh, you know, the word communion and, and the Lord's Supper stems back to the night night of Christ's death mm-hmm. uh, when they were sitting there, but they were having Passover uh, when they did the Lord's Supper for the first time. Jesus had referred to it. Uh, even before the Lord's Supper, I mean, he he made the comment to the people who were following, him, "You must eat my body and drink my blood if you want to taste uh, a taste of me." And so, this was something he had introduced uh, even earlier on when he was uh, before he ever got to the Passover dinner, in which the, and in the evening in which he would have been crucified.
0: So, the Passover, you say, the Passover for those people that are listening. Um, what is what is the Passover? Explain yeah, that. It's
1: it's an interesting thing. You know, Passover is what occurs around Easter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had Passover dinner. Jesus crucified that night, and then and of course we celebrate Easter, which is Resurrection Sunday. Passover stems all the way back to when the Egyptians were trying to keep the Israelites from leaving uh, Egypt, mm-hmm. and and they were slaves. The Israelites were slaves in Egypt, and Moses had said, "Let my people go." If you You've ever watched Prince of Egypt you know and, and let my people Movie's go, go to- or the you know the Ten Commandment uh, movie if you're much older uh, let my people go and there were nine plagues and the last of the nine plagues um, really is what's tied to Passover. The angel of death came to kill the firstborn of every beast and man. And they were told that they needed to take the blood of a pure animal, clean animal, and uh, a lamb, uh, and place it on the doorpost of their house. And the death angel would pass over their house. So they'd put it up to the top on the sides, and then the blood would drip to the floor. So it really symbolized the cross. Mm-hmm. And even even in that night, when when they're sending the blood that was shed that night, was to cover them from dying and uh really when we take the lord's supper today essentially what we're doing is remembering the very same thing that the egyptians were that the death angel passed by them and and in the blood of jesus the death angel passes by us as well
0: it's interesting there's a lot of things that allude to throughout scripture uh like first is the firstborn son mm-hmm. that was sacrificed that I noticed that alludes to Jesus's uh, death on the cross, that it was God's firstborn son that he gave so that we might be saved. Yeah. Uh, then you got the the blood of the lamb uh, he's referred to as the, the sacrificial lamb that was led to the cross mm-hmm. uh, that. Uh, there's just so many cool things when you look at it and you really break it down, even in just in that story of, of Egypt and the, the, the slavery that the Israelites are in and the the last plague that, uh, it was the blood of the lamb that, that they were able to. Be passed over, and they were safe because of that blood on their doorpost. That their whole household was was saved. There's so many like like for me, I get chills and, thinking and, and about that. And it was that. the
1: physical blood yeah. of the lamb, literally. Yeah, that was placed on. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. uh, It wasn't symbolic. It was mm-hmm. the physical blood of the lamb mm-hmm. that was shed upon that doorpost that mm-hmm. caused the death angel to go
0: over them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's um. Uh, what it refers to. Um, there's, there's someone that actually referred to that in the Bible John the Baptist, when he was ushering in the kingdom. And speaking of this, this person that would come and, and take away the sins of the world. The first person to actually recognize that not even Jesus mentioning it himself. It was John the Baptist, where he said, look, this is the lamb that, mm-hmm. that takes away, uh, the sins of the world that Jesus is that lamb that was sacrificed, uh, that was without blemish, meaning spiritually was without sin, uh, that he was the one who he who knew no sin took away uh, the sins of the world. Uh, And and think about that.
1: mm -hmm. Is it just a coincidence that on the night of Passover, the lamb of God would be crucified? Yeah. Uh, If, (laughs) if the religious leaders of that time had even stopped to consider the symbolism and just that, that the night. That they celebrated the Passover when the lamb of God the blood of the lamb was shed then they celebrate Passover and the, the Jesus the second lamb comes and sh- is shed or the first lamb and in Jesus Christ the blood is shed You know, is it just a coincidence or was <laughs> it something that's been orchestrated from the beginning of time? Yeah um, it, it really is quite amazing that uh, that happens and really a lot of people don't even recognize that. but it's one another one of those proofs that this has to be true.
0: Yeah No, there is um what I, what I find, uh, where, where people, I, th- I don't think they know this part of it. And, uh, I was thinking, well, why don't we do the whole, like for us, we do, we do a wafer and we do the juice. Um, uh, but I think the, the thought on people outside of the church is like, oh, it's just an excuse to get drunk or, mm-hmm. or what's the, or if you, if you actually know the idea behind it, it's, it's kind of referring to can't, like in your head, just like, oh, this is cannibalism. Uh, if you don't understand, uh, the whole idea, like behind it, you can kind of perceive it wrong and misinterpret, like it just becomes a tradition. But actually, uh, Paul, and this is what's interesting because I don't think it's just something that happened uh, just you know, 2000 years ago within the church. But when Paul is is talking about uh, the the order of the church and, and he is, he is, refer- he's talking to the people in Corinth and he addresses a letter to them in first Corinthians eleven twenty three through 29. And it was talking about their conduct and how they uh, were taking communion, that it's not only just a tradition that we do, but there's something in our heart that we also have to recognize. And these people were um, kind of uh, taking one, taking advantage of it or just forgetting the whole point of it. And this is what we'll kind of go in here in First Corinthians 11, 23 through 29. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the blood and body of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who drink, eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on themselves. This passage, it talks about that it's a, it's a rebuke uh, to the church in Corinth for their application of the Lord's Supper, that they had turned it into a gathering at which the wealthy uh, just ate and drank and were able to host people, but the poor were actually excluded. And it was more like a party and uh, kind of flex wealth rather than remember Christ.
1: Yeah, I think it goes back to the fact that a communion is an ordinance. Yeah. And if you remember from our previous um A previous uh, podcast, we talked about an ordinance is ordinary behavior. And communion, for the most part in the church has been restricted to the church. Mm -hmm. I think most Christians wait until they do communion in church, in fact, get upset if their church does not do communion on a regular basis. And I really do believe that communion was not meant to be restricted only to church walls in a church building. Uh, Communion was something that Uh, we we should all be a part of and there's something powerful about communion and 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 when we understand the power of communion the supernatural power of communion it's something that we're all gonna partake in. It's yeah. something we're gonna, we're gonna see it differently. Uh, because what happens, and it says in an unworthy manner, what happens is, is it, it, it almost becomes something we do on a Sunday morning that we just get through. Um, we've heard so much, the same scriptures spoken. We've, you know, we go over it and said, this is my body and this is my blood and you take it and we go through it. But really nothing is transacted when we're taking communion. That is an unworthy manner. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you say, "Well, no, he's referring to sin. He's not referring yeah. to sin." There, we are mm-hmm. washed in the blood of Christ. It would be a. It would almost be a. Uh, a contradiction in and of itself we're remembering that we're free from sin through the blood of Jesus but then we got to remember the sin Mm -hmm. and and the the, it's just a contradiction what he's saying is is when we take communion one it should be a act an event of ordinary behavior Mm -hmm. and it should be done with a total consciousness of why we're doing it recognizing the power that is in taking communion Mm -hmm. you know Catholics, um, if you're Catholic, you believe that the bread actually becomes the body of Christ and the blood actually becomes the blood of Christ. If you're Lutheran, you believe the, the bread is bread, but his body is infused in the bread and his blood is infused. So You're not actually taking it, but you're taking It's like a rod with heat going through it. Yeah. You know, there's heat there. In um, most uh, Protestant religions, they believe that it's just symbolic. I think somewhere with all of those, if you put all of those in together, you really come out with the fact that Jesus was very clear when he said, you need to eat my body and drink my blood in order to have a part of me. And and we lose sight of the one point that when we take communion, it is truly an intermingling of our blood and his blood hmm. and our body and his body that like when i transfusion right exactly and that that when you know a number of people I know personally that when they were diagnosed with a, a disease or a sickness they started taking communion and and recognizing Christ uh, just on the just on the night when he he said listen guys I'm going to die but I'm doing it for a reason Keep doing this, this Lord's Supper, the communion, to remember this moment, to remember what I did on the cross. That that So when we take communion, we are remembering and putting our faith behind the fact that Christ paid for our sickness and disease. And when we take communion, it is really... A, it's it's a combination of our spirit working with our soul hmm. and in communion really in the flesh. It, it's a it's a full a fullness of putting our faith in a fullness of
0: state almost. Well, we talked about um, uh, we talk about covenants a lot. Mm-hmm. I see, and this is just a thought, like this is biblical curiosity. Everything we say on here, I'm one, I like to toy with ideas because I believe that when you wrestle with an idea is when you develop understanding and, and God begins to start working on your heart because you're meditating on scripture, right? So mm-hmm. uh, this is going to be one of those things where it's going to be the the biblical curiosities uh, and what I see throughout the Bible. I was looking at, a, I was looking at commentaries on the scripture when it talks about, uh, communion and, uh, it's not symbolism, right? I'm aware of that, uh, but there are, there were covenants, just like what the Passover was. The reason why they did they took the Passover was it was remembrance on what God had done, and uh, there was physical ones, and there was also traditions that they did to remember what God yep. had done. They had put stones in the Jordan River that stacked up, so they knew what had happened. They would remember it. They when they were freed from Egypt, they they had a meal uh, when He made the covenant with Abraham. They were circumcised. It was a physical uh, covenant to to show that this is something that they accepted through faith, but physically they took part in a a contract. Would you say that um, all throughout the Bible, there's these covenants that we make with God? Would you say that Jesus, this is kind of um, edging towards that, not just being symbolic or traditional, that's not what I'm saying, but it's almost like a covenant that we have with our faith just by believing and confessing that Jesus is Lord, this is us. Kind yeah. of maintaining that. Yeah,
1: a communion is very much uh, a symbol of our co- a covenant with God. And when we take it, we're remembering that covenant we have with the Lord um, there. there are actually uh, so I'm going to give you three. I'm going to give you seven C's really. Okay that communion do and we can kind of maybe go over there one it's commemorative uh we remember we take communion to remember Uh, two it's it's covenant Mm -hmm. it's a sign of the covenant we revisit our covenant with god um, we take it to remember that covenant, remind God of the covenant we have with Him. It's Christ-filled. Christ says that it's His bloody, His blood. It's filled. There's some intimacy that occurs uh, when we're taking it. God's presence is there. That That's such a key thing. When we begin to take communion, and listen, you should take communion at home. I would recommend that people would take communion almost every day, um, it, whether for your marriage, your health, whatever situation you're in. Just just to remind God of the covenant so that you 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 know it's something that you can do I don't take it every day um it's something that I know uh as a church, I've said this before, I think we've become very lazy as believers and we just assume that God's going to do what God wants. So why would I even need to take communion? Why even try? I think we've become very lazy in our faith. Um, and and when you ignore communion, you're ignoring supernatural power hmm. and the presence of God. The other is community. When we take community yeah. with people, you take community. If you have yeah. marriage problems, you should start taking communion with, with your wife, mm-hmm. family problems start taking communion with your family it really uh, let it be the thing that brings you together i believe communion has the power to do that when we do it it's supposed to be done continually uh you don't stop we we do it as often as we can in fact the bible says do it often as you can it's it's to be a time of contemplating um our life contemplating what this is all about and the decisions we're making and the direction we're going and then it's coming back coming home And, and i think this that has to do a lot with coming back to the reality that God forgave me, praise the Lord, and I need to forgive other people. And there's a sense of forgiveness that communion brings us to as well. And and we can read that uh, again and again through scripture where it says that... Uh, that when we take communion and we have odd against somebody we need to put it down and we need to make it right mm-hmm. and then and then come back and actually take communion it doesn't say just
0: don't take communion It says make it right
1: and then hmm. come back and and take communion hmm.
0: That's, it's interesting about the whole forgiveness piece of it. I don't have this in my notes, but when you said that it kind of triggered it and I kind of forgot about that where you have mm-hmm. a, um, how do you expect to be forgiven when, when you've been forgiven much, but then you can't even forgive your debtors right. or people that owe you. Um, what verse is that when you're referring well, to that, the communion, communion? Well, when, I, communion I've heard of that, when
1: communion, uh, when talking about communion, uh, d- no, I just I forgot what I was gonna say. But <laughs> when talking about communion, uh, you know, it really is coming back to the fact, remembering the fact of what Christ did when I didn't deserve to be forgiven. Yeah. And it causes me to remember that Christ shed his blood. Like he died for me. And really forgiveness is an act of dying. It's dying to your right to 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 get what you want or to get your way. And um and it's it's walking in that covenant that we have. You know, it says in, in 1 Corinthians, it says in the following directors, I have no praise for you. And he goes on and he talks about it and he says, For I received the Lord uh, from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and when he had thank- given thanks, he broke it and said, This body, which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it and remember me for whenever you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until you come." And then it, that's where it talks, therefore, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body, and it goes mm-hmm. on. And, and it talks about examining your life, and then it goes on, for anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord, eats and drinks judgment mm-hmm. on themselves. And, and that's what it's really talking about. So when you shared that verse before, the very, very next yeah. verse talks about is is really not recognizing what you're doing. Mm. It says for anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord, like you're just going through the motions. And I think um, a, a lot of times that's what we end up doing is we end up going through the motions and and listen what it says says that is why many among you have fallen asleep but Mm -hmm. if we judge ourselves we would not come under judgment and we are judged by the lord we're being uh, uh, disciplined well and actually i i skipped a part there it says that is why many among you are weak and sick weak and sick i was gonna make that that point earlier but i didn't want to open up a whole rabbit hole yeah it's not that, that everybody who is weak and sick is because they haven't done yeah. that but, but yeah. that's new testament yeah that's talking about how mm-hmm. when we just dismiss wow. uh, that uh we we really do put us in a position where we can find sickness and and disease that impacts our life yeah And it's also the very thing that can set us free from sickness and disease. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, when I read that part, I'm like, I don't think I, I saw that. I think, I think there's been like a loss of reverence. Um, you know, I know you like Francis Chan is one of the, the, my, like what I love looking at his content. Mm -hmm. It was the first person that I started, you know, kind of reading when I got saved. And the one thing that I think he does a really good job of, he's kind of a radical. (laughs) I mean, we all should be radicals, right? Like we all are, but um, his, I love his perspective because he's always talking about uh, that reverence piece of it. And it's sometimes to the point where it's uncomfortable where you're like, okay, bro, like, like calm down a little bit, like you're yeah. kind of getting a little too deep. Yeah. Uh, but it is true. I think that a lot of times, especially in, in America, or it's become something, it's just become more so of a tradition or we, I feel like we, we we get so busy and so focused and with our lives and our jobs and our families. And and so we're just trying to, we're trying to put in a diva or we're just trying to, trying to put in a church or make our kids go to church because it needs to be a habit because they need to grow up this way. But we have no reverence and odd to understand that one, when I pray, I'm coming into the throne room of God. It even talks about, Paul talks about that, uh, that uh, you be be aware of what you're, and I can't pull up the verse right now. Uh, I can't think of it at the top of my head, but basically he's talking about uh, when you step into the throne room of God, like don't just babble on or with all your requests and yeah. like, understand that you're entering the throne room of, uh, of the King where Angels and and even the the holiest of prophets, when they stepped into the presence of God, that they were they were worried that they were going to die like immediately, like, don't kill me like I am so unworthy. These were the prophets of God um, where I think we forget that because we can't see it. And we just go through the motions of these different things like we don't hold it. We don't have the fear of the Lord. We don't we don't have that type of weight where we when we uh, approach these things of God and these different yeah. traditions. If, if you don't. So the problem is, I think a
1: lot of people don't fully oper, uh, fully understand or believe why we do communion. Yeah. Exactly. And, and they don't they don't under they think it's something we just got to do to keep god happy or yeah, it's yeah. just something we if you if you look at catholics they tend to hold communion with a high regard mm-hmm. it's a it's a big deal but you you don't receive from what you don't honor mm,
0: that that's good so if you don't
1: True. honor communion when you take communion you're one taking it in a unworthy manner mm. but if you don't honor Communion, when you take it, mm. you're, you're actually not receiving anything mm. from it, and it then what happens is when you don't receive or see anything from communion, you just begin to believe that it's pointless, mm. um, and communion, the Lord's Supper, is not pointless. Mm. It's not no. something we just do. It's In fact, the Bible, uh, Jesus invites us into that. All the time continually mm-hmm. and he wants us taking communion even in our home and i would encourage you in any situation if you have a you have um uh, an issue you're going through a health issue that you start taking communion every day Mm -hmm. you get bread and we take grape juice and, and we just begin to say, okay, God, I want to intermingle my life into your life. I want to, I want to be one with you in this and I need your, I'm going to hold you to your covenant that you've made with me. And this represents the covenant that you made with the disciples. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's interesting because before he took the bread and wine, uh, Judas left. He he said, The one who's dipping it point. in, and then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely not I. And Jesus said, Yes, it's you. And while they're eating, Jesus and and then he took the he gave thanks and broke it, and he gave it to the disciples, saying, Take eat, this is my body. I mean, you gotta be sitting there thinking, so for the disciples, this sounds like witchcraft
0: yeah oh yeah (laughs) you know it was
1: i think we think that they just were they they didn't fully understand we know way more than they knew Mm -hmm. in that moment they were with jesus they didn't understand what was going on they were taking passover Mm -hmm. and then jesus makes it all about himself and he says, this is my body. No, Jesus, this isn't about you. You're a great rabbi. Did they fully know he was God? Mm -hmm. And even though Peter said, yeah, you're son of the living God, did he fully recognize that the creator of the universe was there in human form (laughs) and making the covenant that in that moment, Jesus was saying, this is the covenant. And that's what Really, that's what communion is. Yeah. Is remembering that every time we're doing it, he's there. Yeah. Yeah. And when we're taking, we're remembering, we're revisiting the covenant that I have with the creator of the universe, and mm-hmm. he's present. Mm-hmm. He's right there. And I can hold him that covenant and he says keep doing it until i return yeah. i want you to continue to do this until i return because he wants to be held to that covenant with us mm-hmm. so how many things in your life are the, the bible says this should be happening and it's not happening in your life maybe you should start doing communion yeah. and asking the lord hey this is our covenant we have this covenant with each other mm-hmm and, and really, that's what Passover really was. It was yep. remembering the covenant they had with God. That's why they did Passover. But they had taken Passover through the, and I'm reading through the Kings right now, mm-hmm. Passover was turned into the party. They had left lost the honor of what it was for, yep. and it became just a celebration, so, yeah, so. and God said, I would rather you you not even do the festivals. Well, God was the one that told them to do mm-hmm. the festivals. And he says, I'd rather you do not do them because you're not doing them, recognizing why it well, It's not a contradiction then. Yeah. Yeah, that's and and that's what because people, people don't fully understand that God wanted them to do it for mm-hmm. a reason. So when we do it in an unworthy manner, He yeah. would rather us not take communion if we were going to do it in an unworthy manner. Yeah. But when we do it, that we do it with awe and respect, it's kind of like running into the you know Queen Elizabeth invites mm-hmm. you, Alex. Yeah. To go to the you know Buckingham Palace, mm-hmm. and you go in there and you wear exactly what you're wearing right now. It was wrong. With now, I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling you're going to find out what is acceptable acceptable attire for going in. But if you just run in there, it's like you lose yeah. sight mm-hmm.
0: of honoring where you're at. Yeah, it's like showing up to a wedding in a jeans and a t-shirt. Right. I mean, you're the you're the the, the groom. Right. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> I mean, if that's if your wife's okay with that, but yeah, no. The the honor thing really stuck with me. Um, I think about. Uh you know when your your parents would tell you something and and you'd listen to it your your like your mentor someone you looked up to that wasn't your parent or family would say the same thing and you would listen to them and you're like and I remember going back to like my mom this was like a pastor of mine that was also also my trainer he would he would say something exactly the same thing as my mom said like for basketball or stuff and uh I would come back and be like you know that's right um I know I need to get better at that. But my mom or dad would say the exact same thing. And sometimes I would block it out because it's like, Oh, it's mom and dad and they're saying the same thing and I'm with them all the time and they don't really know what they're talking about. And I'm so much smarter. But for that person that I held with honor, uh, it, it, it was able to fall on, 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 soft soil and I was able to receive it, uh, what they were saying. Like I was, I was able to receive, and that's the thing where, um, It's, it's, I think it's, it goes back to the reverence and honor that we hold God with because you think about it, that is true. Like we know a lot more than the disciples did, but yet you know they were they were still following him still i'm sure that were skeptical on what he was really doing yeah i mean when you hear someone
1: say you need to eat my blood yeah a body a little and bit sketched drink my blood there's a reason all the people left that were following and then he looks at the disciples and he says are you going to leave me too hmm. are you going to leave me too and they said no who would we follow basically you you the words of life are in your mouth yeah. and and the reality is, I think sometimes our culture tries to diminish uh, the things of God. Oh yeah, you know, and and we tend to and and because they're not cool or mm-hmm. acceptable in mm-hmm. our culture, uh, the enemy's done a really good job trying to get us to think. Well, let's just do this and 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 avoid as much as we can, yeah. and. I think when you abandon taking communion, and I'm serious, this should not just be something you do in the church. It's great when we do in church at, at Bethel's Rock, where we're at, we do it once a month as a body. We come together and we do that and we invite the presence of God in the room when we do that. But I, I really believe that if you're going through something, if you're going through a marriage problem right now, or if you you got a sickness or a disease or cancer, it's one broad. of those things, I, I really do believe, and, and there's so many people that would tell you they started taking depression. If you're going through depression, mm-hmm. there's a covenant that God yeah. made with you yeah. that you would not have to go mm-hmm. through that. And so uh, if there's mental health issues yeah. or whatever it is, I mm-hmm. would really encourage you to start taking communion and in calling God out on the covenant he yeah. has with you and he will meet with you through through communion.
0: It, the whole idea too, I think that Christians, the idea is um, we're we're waiting to go to heaven that we we sit in idle and we just think that jesus came to this is the whole kind i think the uh, as of late that this has been the idea where we're just waiting until jesus comes god deliver us from this messed up world and this sickness and this this evil and culture yeah just take us away from here so then i'm just waiting to die so i can go to heaven is the mindset uh they forgot the part where jesus said "I, i i am i'm establishing a kingdom here on earth that that was the whole point of us being the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And when the the temple was destroyed, uh, the temple, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now that we're to be trees of life that, that bring life wherever we go. Uh, And uh, I think that the mindset is um, that we're just, we're, we're, we're waiting to die, but we don't realize that Jesus didn't just come to give us life after death, but life here and to give us abundant life, right? That, that means when that, that uh, signpost or that that doorpost was put with the blood of the lamb in, in ancient Egypt, and those p- that plague went over them, death went over them, that same blood, uh, but it's Jesus' blood that's transfused within us. If you're a believer in Jesus, you have died to your old self. So it's not you that live, but Jesus himself. Right. And if that same Jesus, the spirit that raised him from the dead is in you, you can tell sickness to leave. Now, that's a crazy thought. And I have to work on that myself and thinking, why do I, I don't have to accept the reality that I see in front of me because I can usher in a kingdom because of the spirit that's living within me, that I'm not just living to just, all right, Right. I'm going to deuce out. And, you know, in Psalms 23, it
1: says, he prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. Yeah. He prepares a table. A, a
0: table. That's an Instagram to eat caption. Of his
1: blood and to drink of his drink of his blood eat of his body mm-hmm. eat of his flesh in the presence of our enemy so like you said we are we are called to live in this world that yeah. we're in the problem I think we again and, and I'll say it again is we tend to believe that God's just going to want just do what he wants to do yeah. that we don't yeah. most Christians don't really believe that their prayers change anything they don't really hmm. believe that hmm. fasting changes anything they don't hmm. really believe they're desperate for their wow. marriage to change, but they don't believe in the precepts yeah. that bring about that change because wow. they're so convinced that communion couldn't change that, wow. that fasting could, because God's just going to do what he wants. And so I have to somehow convince God to do it. And we think that communion is convincing God to be a good God or fasting's convincing God to be a good God. Mm-hmm. Really, God is a good God. Yeah. And it's through fasting. It's through communion. It's through prayer. It's through the laying on of hands that mm-hmm. we release God's goodness on earth. Mm-hmm. You have to really understand yeah. you underestimate the importance of what God did when he created you yeah. in his image. He He gave you authority over this earth, not so that he could come down and command and dictate, but to participate mm-hmm. with you. Oh, it yeah. is a relational so thing. Good. And so when we take communion, we're, we're reaching really up into heaven and saying, this is your covenant. We're 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 in faith releasing uh, that covenant promise, those covenant promises that come through the covenant we have with you. Mm -hmm. And communion is the physical representation of that.
0: I I remember in Hebrews, it talks about, it talks a lot about the high priest and it talks about the character of Jesus. One of them was, it was talking about how the high priest back in the day that they made a sacrifice uh, on behalf of the people before God. But they also had to offer a sacrifice for themselves because just because, they were a priest and they had all the, the religious garb. It didn't mean that they were exempt from sin. Mm-hmm. So there's two sacrifice that they gave, gave one on behalf of them and one on behalf of the Israelites, right? Um, Jesus was the, the ultimate high priest, uh, where he had offered him himself for the people that he didn't, he was this, the sinless lamb, right? Um, dude, I totally just forgot where I was going with this. It was such a good point and it just left my brain. Oh my goodness. I totally just, ah, oh, I hate when that happens. I was going somewhere with that. Um, you just keep going, man. Yeah. I'm just, Hey, this is raw and real. And, ah, oh, sometimes and you're, what are you? 45 in your memory? Is is struggling. 45, man. Oh my goodness. No, I just get, ex- I got too excited and I totally forgot what I was going to say, but it's going to come back somewhere by the Holy spirit. it will come back. <laughs> well,
1: it, I, I, I really do believe uh where we can start in dealing with communion is one honoring it i think that's where we begin to start the fact we honor communion we begin to change the way we think about it we begin to recognize that maybe communion is something that's supposed to be a part of my ordinary behavior my ordinary life it's an ordinance ordinary behavior and and i would encourage you to even begin In talking about communion, uh, you begin having communion in your home and with your family and explaining it to your children. You know, one day, it's not only remembering what Christ did for us, it's remembering what Christ is doing for us. And it's remembering what Christ will Mm -hmm. accomplish for us. You know, that's something we haven't really talked about with communion. It's also remembering that uh, we're going to be Uh, really having communion at the marriage supper of the lamb and when we get into eternity, uh, Jesus is referred to as our bridegroom and we are the bride Mm -hmm. and the, that, that last supper will be or communion will be something that we participate in together in eternity with the Lord yeah. when all of this is uh, brought into completion,
0: the this is what came this is what because I was I was reading it this morning with uh, my group in our, our devotions, and uh, it was in second Corinthians 517 through 19. And the purpose I was getting at with the high priest and how he had to offer a sacrifice for himself and on behalf of the people, Jesus is that ultimate high priest where he is one, the lamb mm-hmm. and he is our priest that yeah. intercedes for us on our behalf. Communion is, is uh, one, one thing that Jesus did was not to just, again, like when I'm, I'm coming back to is that we didn't, we're not just called to die and go to heaven, that we are carriers of this good news and of this gospel. And we are a part uh, of a priesthood where now we are qualified to be able to speak this message. Mm-hmm. And in 2 Corinthians 5, there's yes. a few parts where this kind of establishes i think uh, uh what what our calling is and what our purpose is as christians and what kind of communion does with that therefore if anyone is in christ the new creation has come you have died and you are raised to life in christ because you partake of that bread uh the old has gone the new is here uh, all this is from god who reconciled himself to uh reconciled us to himself through christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That's beautiful. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That that is so. I think it's so beautiful that you know I, I hear all the allegations in churches, and 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 people are fallen. There's moral failures, and and people are bashing the church, but he, humans are running it. Right there is God. God is so humble that He came to uh, to Earth as a man. He's not. He's not a man. He, he's a God that's so far, you know, is above our thinking. As far as the heavens are from the Earth, but He came humble as a man to pay for our debt that He didn't owe. Uh, but then also give us you know, charge of this message. uh, And he entrusted us with it, that he's not a micromanager and like, oh, I think you're, you might, you might get this wrong. You might mess this up. But he trusted us with this beautiful thing that he's been doing from, from day one, when Adam and Eve sinned in that garden, Uh, he was reconciling people to himself and finally established that to all people where he blessed all the nations through his son, Jesus Christ. He reconciled the whole entire world. And now we get to be, a part of that. Because of that blood and that body that was broken, we are cleansed and made new and we can be carriers of this gospel and part of a royal priesthood uh, because of what Jesus did on that cross that we're, you know, you, you can you fall but you don't sin when you're pursuing jesus when you're running towards jesus it only is when you stop and then you're an idol and when you're looking to the left and right is where sin takes place that that communion is not about oh this is how bad i am and it's such a beautiful thing that he cleansed us and made us and joined us yeah, into this purpose I, I,
1: and i think that's what's happened a lot of times in communion um uh ministers Uh, People, friends, we've said, and I probably have even said this, when we're taking communion, we need to stop and we need to consider all of our flaws, all of our failures, all of our sins. That is not what communion was about. Communion was about remembering how great the blood of Jesus was and connecting with that blood of Christ that's... Mm -hmm. That separates us from that old way and to connect with the body of Christ which was divinely healthy mm-hmm. divinely good I, you just can't get past the fact that it says if you do it in an unworthy manner that's why so many yeah. people are sick but but if you're doing it in a worthy manner that there's going to be health and divine health because mm-hmm. we're part of the divine body of Christ yeah. and and so reconciliation like you're talking about that attitude of reconciliation uh, health in our bodies, health in our relationships, uh, 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 a sound mind. Those are all things. The things of Christ become part of who we are. Yeah. And the intimacy of Christ becomes part of our... I think when we say it's a symbolic thing, then we tend to believe that it's not necessarily it's just something you do. Yeah. And I know I've done that. Yeah. Um, let's just get through it. I know there have been times on Sunday mornings where I have led our body in an unworthy act of communion Mm -hmm. where we just needed to get through it because what i had to say was more important than people connecting Mm -hmm. to the body and blood of christ in that moment and that's something i think i need to change i think all spiritual leaders need to Mm -hmm. come back to is the importance of it and and we need to really stop being lazy (laughs) when it comes to that we need to recognize and encourage people in our body that they need to do communion in their home Mm -hmm. it needs to be something that their children understand and it's a great opportunity to explain to children, our children, why we take communion. Yeah. Um, and the connection we have when we take communion with the Lord and the importance of it.
0: Yeah. Well, again, um, we, we covered a lot we covered the the past, the present, how it applies now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I really think that this is like what we keep referring to, uh, one, um, you know the funny thing when you're saying the whole it's not to remember our flaws um obviously we all know we're we're sinful we, we're supposed to have a humility but if god has forgotten your sins and thrown the in the sea of forgetfulness why would he want you to remember it
1: right yeah, i think romans chapter six addresses that the best and i and i think it's best explained in the message you can't live in a country of sin where sin is sovereign and in the country of grace, where grace is sovereign, yeah. um, either you're either you're free from sin or you're not. Yeah, Romans eight says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you're in Christ Jesus, and really that's what communion is—is is coming into Christ Jesus. Yeah. you can't have condemnation. Well, what creates condemnation? It's the it is the awareness that I have sinned, mm-hmm. and and I think. For many people, we 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 feel this almost appetite or commitment to stay sinners. Yeah, we we hold on to that identity because we see sin behave sinful behavior in our life. We hold on to that. in in us rather than to to say, you know what? I live in a country of grace. Mm -hmm. The Lord has set me free from sin. And communion really brings me back to that. How can I go back? How can I go backwards? Mm -hmm. Um, I've said this. I think communion also does this. um, You know, I grew up in a church where every time you did something wrong, you bet you were backslidden and you needed to repent and come back to the Lord. It's funny how the Lord does not like divorce, but he's willing to divorce his bride every time they make a mistake. Uh, it, It just doesn't make any sense. And rather than continue down a road of things, flawed doctrine you you really have to stop and let the word communicate to you what it's about and the word's very clear that jesus says you need to you need to eat my body and drink my blood and and i really do believe that it's an intermingling of his body and blood in our life and that is the thing that's the source that changes who we are Hmm. we are not the source to our deliverance yeah but then we tell people you better change you better do, you, uh, well, if we're not the source, then how am I going to change? Yeah. I'm at the mercy and grace of the Lord. And, and that's the greatness of it. I don't have to be condemned. I can, And when I take communion, I recognize I'm not condemned. Mm-hmm. My hope is in him. And when I take this, I'm opening the door for him to do that in my life.
0: Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is condemnation. Yeah. <laughs> Where the spirit yeah. of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom, yes. Right, like, um, he, took, he took all the pressure off that w- why I live the way I live. And I actually remember, um, cause I, I was really insecure with my sin and shame that I had. And I remember, I remember referring to myself, I'm just a sinner, like, and realizing now, like wh- like I was doing that because I was insecure and, and thinking about how other people viewed me. So I just thought I would address it before they was where, they were already thinking it, but I wasn't taking on the identity and, and in confidence and boldness, not operating out of shame, but an awareness like, hey, you know, you know, I'm broken, but God is like, I boast in my weakness, yeah. how great Jesus is. And it's out of the overflow of that freedom and not having to to operate and be perfect that I, I wanna give everything. And that's where it comes from. It's just, oh my goodness, like God, you are, you well, are so, every- there's freedom in it. I'm not like pressured. It's not manipulation. It's just once when you experience that type of love and you come in contact with that and that's what communion does. It's like, it is that recentering because I've done that and just gone through the motions. It's just like, wow, God, you are so good. Like you forget about like, you know, how gruesome even that cross was like for us to think that that's weird partaking of the blood and body is because we, we've we've become so desensitized to how terrible that is. Like that, that torture that he experienced on the cross and someone who knew no sin that was completely innocent, that would willingly give himself over that it wasn't taken from him. He knew what was going to happen and willingly gave himself over so we could experience this freedom that how dare us take that, you know, for granted and just stomp on it's just, you're, like trampling over it, you know what I mean. Like people are more worried about putting keeping the flag on the ground, or if it touches the ground, yeah. than us, you know, going through the motions with the communion that that gave us ultimate freedom.
1: Yeah, it it just really identifies how important it is yeah. to not, um, not abandon the whole activity of communion in our yeah. life and the Lord's Supper in our life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, we could go on and on, yeah. you know, how I feel, <laughs> you know, when, if you take on the identity of something, you're going to be that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, if you call yourself a sinner, you're going to be a real good sinner. Um, yeah. and quite frankly, we're the redeemed, yeah. you know, we need we're. to reach reestablish who we are because we're a new creation, old things have passed away, all things have become new. Um, mm-hmm. And communion again is that coming back. It's the recentering, recalibrating of our thinking where we come back and say, you know what? Jesus did this for me. Mm-hmm. And he's called me to continue to do it as often as I can yeah. because he knew the attack uh, the enemy would bring in yeah. our life. And mm-hmm. so it's not enough to just wait until your church does it. Yeah. Something that you say, well, I don't have unleavened bread or grape, just grab bread and grape juice. And say, okay, God, here I am. You've given this to me, your body. And you're well, I don't know how to do communion. Don't you get trained to do that in the Bible? No. 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 You're worried too much in how you do it. You know, just have a relationship with Christ mm. and and sit down with him and just say, God, thank you for your body. That makes me whole. Your divine health in my body and the blood that forgives all of my sins. Thank God for the blood. Yeah. Um, I, I really believe when the presence of God comes in that room when you're doing it, it mm-hmm. will transform things in you. Your thinking can't change. Yeah. It will release something in you that your thinking can't change. You know, I always say this: if God says uh, there's a car in the parking lot. He isn't describing a car. There will be a car that will show up in the parking lot. His voice creates. Hmm. So when God says peace, it creates peace. There's peace in That's you. That's good. Yeah, and, wow. And all you need is a word from the Lord of peace or mm-hmm. or healing, and boom, it happens. Mm-hmm. Because your flesh responds to the creative oh, voice yeah. of God. That's so good. And so we just encourage you to reconsider if you haven't to to come back to Mm -hmm. what the Lord's supper communion uh, was all about. Don't be like the Israelites of old uh, that just used the Passover as a party. Mm -hmm. And they, they were just going to use it as a time to get drunk and do all the stuff they were doing. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it's really a time to connect to the creator and, and to Christ and our high priest and, Mm -hmm. and really recognize it's a, it's a time of awe it's a time of honor it's it's really a sacred moment in many ways and sacred things I think Pentecostals there's many that think well because we've changed our churches and we've made them black and we have smoke and music and all that stuff now that that we don't honor sacred but there are times sacred means it's a set-apart time a holy moment mm-hmm. that you set apart where it gets your attention and I think that's what communion really is for all of us it needs to be
0: yeah for those of you we, we talk about sin and we talk about um, we talk about shame um, I want to let you know that I feel like God's saying like, you know, he's already chose you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the only person that's keeping you from God is you. There's literally no one else, not even God himself. And the enemy can lie to you and and develop a misconception uh, that you have with God. So you can't perceive it, but don't let the devil punk you. Yeah. Um this right here, this communion, if you look into this and you look into the sacrifice he paid for you, the whole idea of him hating you um, and hating sinners is totally foolish because if that were the case, why did he come down and he die to to take away the sins of the world? If it were true that what, what people have told you that God hates you because you're a sinner, why did he die? Answer me that god chose you uh before you had a you were a thought in your parents brain that you're not too far gone that you are you're not your sins not that impressive that this this communion this blood this body was broken and this blood was shed to purchase you the the bill's already been picked up it's if whether or not you want to continue choosing your sin or choosing god god has already chose you but it's up to you if you're gonna receive this gift. Um, if you have any questions about w- what is my next steps moving forward, uh, or you gave your life to Christ and you're like, Alex, uh, you know, I want to know what, what are my next steps? Uh, or you just have, an, a, again, another question that you have for next week. I, I've already gotten a, an email from April. If you're watching right now, uh, I received your email and, and, she was talking about in the soul and the spirit and how do we operate practically with that and what does that mean and 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 as far as spirituality that it talks about in the Bible, that we want to answer those future uh, th- those questions in future episodes and we really do. We read we read your emails and we wanna we wanna know what you're thinking because ultimately this is this is pointless if we're answering questions that no one's asking. So if you have a question, email me at pastoralex at bethelsrock.org. That is uh, Pastor Alex at Bethelsrock.org. Uh, we love you guys. We pray that this encouraged you and blessed you. And I pray that you would take this and put this into action.